Before we begin, a reminder that nothing on this podcast is intended as a statement of faith, doctrine, or fellowship, and this podcast is not affiliated with any church, school, or calling body. What's up, gents? My name is Charlie Ungemach, and you are listening to an episode of the Gird Up Brocast. Now, the dudes are going to join me in just a minute, and we got a lot of great content coming your way. But before we do that, I just want to say thank you to all those who help support the Gird Up Project here. All of our content at Gird Up is available free to anyone anywhere in the world who might benefit from our message, and we want to keep it that way. But we also have to rely, then, upon the contributions of our listeners to do so. You'll never see any paywalls or exclusive content here at Gird Up. That being said, it does cost us money to put a show like this together. So if you find what we're doing here valuable and you enjoy the broadcast and you're willing and able to do so, please go to www.girdupministries.com, click on the menu, and select Buy Us a Cup of Coffee. That $5 donation goes a long way towards keeping this podcast going and it helps us reach and minister to many more men just like you. Hope you enjoy the broadcast today. Let's get to it. Yeah, I was doing laundry until two. Two? Mm. I think kind of stuck out paper until though. I was writing a paper until three o'clock in the morning. I was For just, what? Uh, US forty-five. Mm. It's a rough draft, so it's as yeah. rough as a draft can be. I was eating almonds and watching TV until twelve thirty. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's a rough life. Anyway, uh, you guys listen to the Gird Up Broadcast. Welcome. Uh, I'm Charlie Ungemach. This is. Gustav Wenz. And? Connor Herter. Guess is that the same hoodie you've been wearing for like three days straight? Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Clutch. Yeah. Yeah, that's not hate. It's just, I just wanted to know how many pink hoodies you have. It's worn It's actually a good hoodie. One. I wouldn't expect to like a pink hoodie. Right. A pink tie-dye hoodie, but that's kind of legit. See, I didn't think that I would like pink hoodies either, but I actually do have one other one that I got from, uh, oh, some beach in California. I can't remember, but. It looks great. It sounds Love like wearing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I never liked those shirts that always said, like, real men wear pink or something oh, like that. Oh, yeah, it ain't like, like real that. real men wear t-shirts, so it doesn't matter what color <laughs> it is. And full disclosure, that other one, it's truly more of a salmon than it is, whereas mm. this is definitely more pink. And, I don't know, I think it's the yellow that also kind of helps put it yeah. all together. Nice. All well, I'm saying is Barstool Sports, their merch, they've got some good is merch. Is that a Barstool <laughs> shirt? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, Barstool does have good merch. Yeah, so not all of it's appropriate, yeah. but it's good merch. Yeah, definitely not appropriate. It's fun to see. Stuff, <laughs> well, and if our target audience is a lot of young men, they definitely know what we're talking about. Oh, yeah, about. you guys know what we're talking about. All right. Uh, thank yous and shout-outs. Um, I'm going to say my shout-out today goes to the Book of Ruth. I was telling Connor yesterday before chapel. Welcome back, Connor, first Thank of all. You. Thank yeah. you. Thank you very much. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was telling Connor before chapel yesterday, like, the Book of Ruth has been blowing my mind lately and working, doing some deep work on my heart. Uh, we're reading it in Hebrew, like we're translating it for Hebrew class, um, but even just reading through it a couple of times in English over the last month or two, um, I don't know, Professor Palestin, when we started, was like, every time I read this, I come up with a different, I, I, I get something different out of it, and I was like, okay, yeah, how many times have you read this book? There's no way you get something out of it every time, and now every time I read it, I get something out of it. 
that's different than what I got out of it before. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. The Book of Ruth is a phenomenal, phenomenal piece. I'm, I guess I don't want to say phenomenal piece of scripture because that makes it sound like there are pieces of scripture that yeah. are phenomenal. But I don't know. It's yeah, it's it's a good thing for me to be reading it. It's I'm enjoying it. That's awesome. Um, uh, my thank you. Uh, oh, we'll throw it out there. How about to uh the laundry room today? <laughs> yeah, it's probably the clearest and quite honestly the cleanest it's been in Concord for a while. Mm. I think most of it is because people are going home and so they're making sure to get all their crap out of there. So I'm one of the last few still trying to get any laundry done before we all leave for fall break. Is a positive or a really big negative? <laughs> well, I mean, I since I'm, way. yes. I, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so thank you to the laundry room. So was this an intentional decision? Like, you know, I'm going to do laundry before I go, or is this like last minute? Like, Oh crap, I got nothing to wear. Oh, uh, it was Montana. more like yesterday. I, um, didn't do it at a better time. <laughs> Drink your coffee, bro. Yeah, yeah. Say, yeah. He's, he'll get you there. Better get chugging that coffee. Yo, th- I also both of you guys. I know you stayed up really late, so shout out for being here. Uh, even well, if you're staying, hey, staying chill up with the shout late. outs. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm sorry, Connor. What's your my thank bad. you? <clears throat> sorry, will you forgive? So me? for my shout outs and uh, thank yous today. Uh, first of all, Gus, uh, it reminded me to shout out to second floor uh, janitor ONU Bank for keeping that the cleanest it's been all year, oh, and awesome. like never, never having to doubt whether or not we'll have toilet paper, paper towel. So that's that's huge. Yeah, that's on the worst. Floor. Clutch. That's of all clutch. four years I've been here, like ONU Bank has definitely been the best one we've ever, the best janitor we've ever had. So shout out to Owen, um, and then shout out to 3M uh, for hiring me back this year, and uh, for Junior Her, if you're listening, I. Hope you are listening to this, and I appreciate you taking the time to handhold me as we learn how to do this job together. Handhold you? Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. What? So, what do you ma- what do you do at 3M? I stamp logos on hard hats. Nice. But I get paid twenty bucks an hour, so yeah, dude. So if you're wearing a happy. 3M hard hat, hard yeah. hat, anybody out there? You think, Connor? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So what is actually what is how do you stamp a like? Do you have some big machine you're running or something? Yeah, it's basically a machine. You just put the hard hat on the machine, and then there's a program that runs. It's kind of like a CNC machine. It just comes down and just is it goes. like one of those foam kind of press ones? Yeah, kind of like a like a foam pad, and mm-hmm. then it just goes one color, and then the second color, and then it just does the design color by color. So oh. the more colors, the more complicated it is. Hmm. So is it like one pad and it does the different colors, mm-hmm. or are there different pads for There's different, different, different colors? pads? There's different pads for different colors. Nice. So yeah, like we did one that had like five different colors on it the other night. So it was more complicated. Do you have to prime each of the pads with a certain color? Like yeah, you mix all the colors. He mixes all the colors. I don't do any of that yet. He's still teaching me, but yeah. So he he teaches me how. He's been teaching me how to do it, and it's not exciting work, but. For twenty or for sixteen hours a week, and the money that I'm making, like I greatly appreciate. <laughs> I greatly appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, my thank you goes up to the early childhood center and well MLC for employing me the way that they do, because uh, I get well, I, it's a work study and I'm a, su- a supervisor, so I kind of get flex. I mean, I do get very flexible hours when I need them. 
I don't usually need them, but then I don't know. Like I, I, it's it's awesome to be able to work and study at the same time. Obviously, that's what work study is. But yeah, to be able to work and study at the same time. We, uh, Jamie Rooney, who's working over there with me, we were talking about like I, I honestly am not sure I'd be able to fit everything I've got going on in if I did, wasn't doing a work study. And uh, so yeah, the fact that we're still doing a podcast, the fact that um, I can uh, like do all the prep work for the interviews and all that kind of stuff, but then also just get all my studying done and be able to work out every day and all that. A lot of that is owed to the fact that mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm doing a work study. So that's clutch. It is clutch. clutch. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, for shout out uh, on my part, Annalise, my sister, she just had her birthday this past weekend. So I think I was there for part of that. Yeah. 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 Honestly, like whenever there's a birthday I, and that I happen to, actually intentionally be celebrating somehow connor pops up i don't know if that means i spend too much time at keggle or (laughs) i I can't tell i can't tell (laughs) but yeah so that was that was a lot of fun so we went out to the uh what town is the crowbar in it's like Cortland. Cortland. yeah went out to Cortland to the crowbar had dinner there which was phenomenal. I was kind of surprised. I I've never truly had dinner there. Like I've been oh, there for yeah, snacks dude, and stuff. Great. But yeah, the food was the great. The crazy thing is, I don't remember like before. So the the crowbar in Cortland is kind of like the rising of the phoenix. It keeps burning down and then rising from the dust. Mm-hmm. You remember the old the old I crowbar? Do. I do. I remember. Like, I, I remember driving the, by. I don't and remember. Like I was only in there twice, but the service wasn't great mm-hmm. that I remember. Um, the building was a dank dark gross dungeon and then like on top of that like i only ordered an appetizer once and it was disgusting yeah and now like it burned down the same owners rebuilt it with the insurance money and it is i mean it gets loud but other than that like it's yeah the only legitimate kind of like sports bar within a half an hour of new Ulm. that's kind of like what's that bar that just burned down in new Ulm? What is you it know, with the well, new no, Lamplighter Lamp Lamp was a yeah, restaurant like, more didn't, so. Didn't they uh didn't they just uh, reopen somewhere else or something? Uh yeah, so the guy who owned Lamplighter, he also bought what was Social. Mm-hmm. But now that's turned into uh it's, like, it's the address like yeah, bar. Like 206 or, or yeah. 502 yeah, the or the 206 like, bar yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So they just did the address name. They were going to call it, like, they ran through a bunch of different names, and yeah. they were going to be like, the mini lamplighter, or and right. I don't know, something well, dumb. So I was, just based on what I read in the New Ulm Journal, which yeah. it wasn't very detailed, it sounds like he was hoping to buy it, and then and it was like getting everything squared away to buy it, and then when all of a sudden his other place burned, he was just like, oh, we'll just buy it now and open it up. Mm-hmm. And so it's pretty much the staff and even most of the menu from, from lamplighter. lamplighter, yeah. And um, eventually, they will rebuild the lamplighter. Well, and see, that's the again. big question right there: is whether the, or not the it, bar will be like two hundred six or five hundred two or whatever. Is well, it what is it? Two hundred four. I thought <laughs> whatever it is. Well, but and see, that's interesting. That'll be something else then. Once they go back to lamplighter being lamplighter. Yeah, and see, that's interesting because I mean, it's a good thing we've got some new home listeners out here because something that I was hearing was that they were trying to consider just tearing it down tearing down the lamplighter and, st- and just building a new structure altogether and rather than just trying to mm-hmm. redo what there is. Um, but it's a historic building. Yeah. Yeah. It's on the registry. So mm. interesting. But yeah, it's also told might loss, not be allowed so there's to all kinds of different things. Like there's ways to get around it. Yeah. But well, I heard some yeah. guy was telling me that, uh, 
maybe if they kept one wall, like one original wall or something like that, maybe that was the thing. I don't know. I've never heard anything about it. But I'm kind of excited to see what it looks like after. The, I mean, it's going to be a couple of years well, said, until yeah, it gets sure, rebuilt. Yeah, but yeah. The, like they've made so many cool improvements to it, and in the last couple of years, I'm excited to see what they can do now with that it. they have a clean yeah, slate, just a completely mm-hmm. clean slate. Yeah, I think it's going to be a cool place. So, all right, uh, any more thank yous? All right, sweet. Gus, you want to jump? Oh, before no. we jump into the news. <laughs> Uh, we got one one special announcement today. So um, if you're part of the Wells family at all, um, you probably heard about this already, but uh, Pastor Aaron Strong out in Milwaukee, he's one of the pastors at Grace um, downtown. It's a beautiful church um, and a thriving congregation out there, one of the biggest congregations in the area. But um, Pastor Aaron Strong was killed in a car accident um, last week. I don't remember what day. Yeah, but sometime Tuesday. last week. Um, and... Uh, He's a, I don't know. I mean, he was a, he was a good, obviously he's a good man, um, but he was a huge blessing to a bunch of people that I know well. I didn't know him particularly well, but knew him well enough to, uh, to certainly be upset by it. Um, and, uh, I, we've heard through the grapevine that his family obviously is very distraught. Um, and obviously you're losing your primary breadwinner as well. So, um, yeah, they've got two kids in parochial high school, and they're living in Milwaukee. And not only have you lost your father, but then you also lose the main income for the yeah. family. So um, what the uh, congregation has done is set up a GoFundMe to help Pastor Strong's family, um, not just kind of get through this next couple of weeks, but then also set them up well for for the future. Because, um, you know, <laughs> there's no, there really isn't any way to completely bounce back yeah. um, you know, emotionally and and family-wise, obviously, but even just getting back on your feet, um, uh, like financially, can take a really long time. It can be tough, and they're not in a place that has particularly low cost of living either. So um, if you want to help uh, Pastor Strong's family, I'm going to put a link to the um, GoFundMe down in the description below. Um, even a small donation can help the members of Grace uh, reach their fundraising goal. I, last time I checked, it was already over fifty thousand dollars, which sounds like a big chunk of money. But in a situation they're in, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, it, it only it's goes so go. far. So uh, if you can't make a donation, uh, you can at least share the fundraiser and help spread the word and um, help Pastor Strong's family recover. Um, one of the things, so Harry Demetrius, who's uh, uh, one of our fellow uh, second career pastor students out here is his former law enforcement and he was talking he he knew pastor strong pretty well because pastor strong started the congregation um that they were members at out in las vegas um and so he absolutely loved pastor strong first of all uh, but then also was talking about the idea of you know, when law enforcement when somebody in law enforcement is killed in the line of duty um just how strong the response is amongst um, the law enforcement community to raise funds and help the family out and be there to support them and things like that. Um, and that that's where this kind of started was his him saying, like, let's go. Uh, he didn't start the GoFundMe, but as far as this push kind of on the MLC campus and then also um, on the broadcast here is that idea of, you know, let's stand with our brothers even after they're gone. So if you can and are willing to help Pastor Strong's family, the link is down below. Yeah, no, I was uh, actually checking out their Facebook page, Grace's uh, Facebook page, and they had a nice little bit on there, but they also had a link to an article written in a local newspaper talking about Pastor Strong, and there was a, a brief video where he had done 
basically uh, promoting the upcoming Sunday service and to hear like some of his last recorded words being like glorifying God and, and directing it right back to God, I think it sends a strong message to, to that video getting over like 17,000 views uh, after that. So, you know, even even in his passing, he has an opportunity to reach people. Yeah, well, and he also, so he was one of the men that I talked to when I was trying to decide whether or not to come back to MLC. Um, and, and study to be a pastor. And it wasn't like he was a mentor for me or something like that. I'm not pretending that. But he, he was definitely part of that conversation. And uh, um, he like he had this particularly like empathetic way about him. <laughs> and uh, he also had these deep blue eyes, which just yeah. like... <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's a good-looking guy on the. <laughs> he is. A, he was a handsome dude. Um, but anyway, he uh, um, somebody somebody like he, he was going back to your what you're talking about with the video. Um, somebody was saying something like it's so hard to you know love because it was uh, somebody was driving recklessly, um, and so it's a situation where like it obviously could have been avoided by somebody if they would have just not driven recklessly. And somebody's making the comment on Facebook of like, it's so hard not to be angry and upset and all that. And, uh, I don't know. It's easy to get sentimental in a moment like this, but the, like, I, I can just see Pastor Strong, like walking up and putting his arm around him. Cause that's the way he behaved every day. Anyway, it's just kind of a cool, like real life. You see all the sentimental stuff on like movies and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but to see, yeah, it's a very in a very real situation to be like, yeah, well, this is how he would have, this is how we would've, he would have behaved. Um, yeah, it, it's just cool to see the way grace is pulled together and the way the kind of the Wells community at large is pulled together um, to support the family and mourn with grace too. So, yeah, yeah. For the sake of time, we better get to the news. Go ahead, guess. <clears throat> Alrighty. Um, first on the docket. Uh, Russia unleashed new unleashed new attacks on Kiev on Monday, launching 28 explosive-laden drones into the capital city. While many were intercepted, a small number got through, killing at least four people. Russia reportedly purchased thousands of the so-called kamikaze drones from Iran, a claim both Russia and Iran deny, though photos of the of the downed drones suggest otherwise. Russia has been stepping up drone strikes on Ukraine's infrastructure, especially targeting its energy grid ahead of winter. In the coming days, Ukraine will have to look north, too, as Belarus announced 9,000 Russian troops will deploy uh, to Belarus's border with Ukraine. Ukraine President Zelensky warned that Moscow is attempting to engage its ally in the conflict, but Belarus claims we are not going to attack anyone it almost makes sense from Belarus's perspective of like yeah i'm not poking the bear at the moment um this was in response to these drone strikes were in response to them blowing mm. up that bridge right yeah yeah I that's think what so. i thought yeah, yeah. that was a big deal for them yeah good old war i guess yeah. right i yeah i i'm kind of amazed it's still going on yeah it's like at what point do you just say is this worth it I mean, I guess we haven't had to face an attack on our own independence. Yeah, uh, but at the same so, time, how? What is anybody really doing about it? I mean, besides the Ukrainians themselves, what is anybody really doing about it? You know, well, Elon and I'm not, I'm not saying. Over yeah, but even that, like, yeah. he, he got wrapped he, up in controversy over it too, right? But at the same time, he he is filthy rich, but he's oh. not 
there's not it's just it's not an endless pile of money you're sitting on either especially now that you bought twitter <laughs> yeah no kidding um yeah did he buy that i can never yeah. figure i lost no, track he of where he agreed it. to he buy it now i don't no, know if he, he officially did buy it, it. He, he did, did he did buy it okay, okay. yeah yeah I, <laughs> yeah i'm not saying the u.s should get involved i don't think the u.s should be actively involved um but i i do yeah I, I am a little frustrated by just the worldwide response. It's kind of like, well, let's see what happens, which I think is encouraging um, Putin to do some of the crazy stuff he does. And I'm not saying Putin equals Hitler or Mussolini or something, but this is growing to be eerily similar to some of those situations in the 30s and 40s. We got like Cham- Chamberlain saying, don't you dare go into Poland. Okay, mm-hmm. well, he went into Poland, but don't you dare go any further. Okay, he went a little further, but don't you dare go into France. Yeah. Just like, come on, man. This is essentially what we're starting to do with, with Putin is like you could compare what we're doing right now to the Lend Lisa Act. Sure. You can make some pretty strong yeah, yeah. parallels between and the two. And I think something important to say to that extent too though is that doesn't guarantee that's gonna happen either. I think a lot of people Oh no, right. No, I, and yeah. I wasn't like trying to no, come I at you right you. there. That's I think it's point. just there's a lot of people out there that just think, Oh, this is just like that. It, it, like you can draw parallels, sure, but that doesn't guarantee anything. Yeah. So well, and uh, the uh, Russian economy is not booming like the German economy was. And, right. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of stuff. So. Yeah. So anyway, um, so BTS, the uh, K pop group, right? North Korean K pop group. I'll be honest, I would uh, have not known what that was if you hadn't said so. I did hear about this. Yeah. <laughs> so. North Korea, uh, North Korea, right? Nope, North Korea. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the one that's north. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, so something that you might not know is that if you're from North Korea, you're required to serve in the military. Um, and BTS appears to be from North Korea because all seven members of the K-pop group are will serve at least eighteen months. Okay, you know what? Maybe it's you got me this. Time. South, it's definitely South Korea. Fine, it's South Korea. BTS would not. Be I was totally. I was totally <laughs> further south on the map. Yeah. See, I was looking at it the is N needed. on the one part of North Korea, <laughs> and then just replacing it with the S. <laughs> anyway, yeah. South Korea. Cut that part. What? Military. <laughs> I'm not cutting that. <laughs> all right. So. Uh, it's a requirement for all able-bodied men ages of 18 to 28 due to the ongoing war. There you go. See here. Now it now it makes sense. Here we go. With yeah. its nuclear-armed northern neighbor. <laughs> there we go. There it yeah. is. That does make uh, sense. It does say will serve at least 18 months in the South, completely spelled out Korean military. Okay, <laughs> right. So I'm not. Sh- okay, I'm sorry, Gus. I You're doing you great. Keep going, buddy. It's oh, really- I hate you <laughs> so much. <laughs> So anyway, that's kind of a fun thing. <laughs> okay. Imagine being required to serve in the military, though. Like, yeah, uh, how do you feel oh, about that was that? my favorite. Okay, uh, so that one came up on the Babylon B podcast, mm-hmm. and I don't want to just steal all their content, but they were talking <laughs> about they were ta- or not that we're any threat to them at all. Let me right. also say that. Uh, but the, <laughs> they were talking. Their big headline for last Friday was. Um, the uh, selective service still requires transgender women to register for oh, the draft. Right. Well, everybody. In other been words, about that. 
they're still men. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's all nice to have the, the the philosophical discussion about it, but you know, when you can, rubber meets the you road. You can act like women while you're here, but you're still a man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, if we need you, we're going to use you. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I just thought of a memory hook <laughs> for BTS. The S stands for South. There you go. Damn, and then, boom, now you remember yeah, that South Korean yeah, every time. Yeah. Okay, shut up. I... <laughs> all right. Scrolling down. Uh, what does BTS stand for? Does anybody know? Mm, I don't really care, to be honest. I asked it out of I curiosity. I couldn't name a single one of their Band songs. Band of the South. There we go. It's like Song of the South, but more Korean. Battle-trained yeah. singers now. Uh, uh, anyway, yeah, okay. see, they're going to like come out and be even, like, they're going to be buff and therefore more attractive and then become <laughs> more cuts. more popular. <laughs> yeah. Start singing like uh, like running cadences. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Set to K-pop beats though. That'd be that might be legit. That wouldn't be bad. Be like the new dubstep. Mhm. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, I guess uh hit this covid one real quick. It seems timeless. Uh <laughs> 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 All right. So uh, there's some new strands out here, okay, uh, called BQ1 and BQ1.1. Um, could be great. That uh, one is a decimal. Yeah. That's real scary. <laughs> yeah. It uh, could be great uh, different flavors of barbecue sauce if you want to hey. do a barbecue sauce. <laughs> yeah. Yo, this would be great marketing. Anyway. Oh, it's so good, it gets you sick. I don't know. Something. <laughs> There's something there. Anyway, so the cases, all right, so have jumped. So good you lose your taste. <laughs> oh, dude. And it's like super spicy. Yeah. Yo. Yeah. All right, somebody take that and run with it. Barbecue all right? sauce coming from uh, Gird Up. <laughs> See, we're just the idea out. guys. We're the we're idea <laughs> guys. Yep. Oh, wow. <laughs> Anyway, so these cases, right, <laughs> they're coming out, uh, jumping 10% of total cases within a week of being named. Um, Dr. Fauci said they're pretty troublesome mm. and could potentially well, evade some of our current interventions. You mean like most things that mutate? Okay, also, what does that... this is a man who for m- years now has been saying every <laughs> new strain is just like death. Yo, hey, you ready train. to hear the next and sentence? he says this one's pretty troublesome. Yeah. It doesn't make me worried no. when all the no, former no. strains have been like death Deadly. will come Deadly. to Deadly. us all. Yeah. Well, this one's pretty troublesome. Okay, right. Let me read the next sentence, <laughs> okay, okay? Though new cases, hospitalizations, and deaths are decreasing nationwide. Officials warn Americans against complacency Mm. in light of these nimbler strains. In related virus news, Boston University is pushing back against reports claiming that they've developed a an eighty percent lethal super COVID strain. Yeah, I have read. I have <laughs> what? Read that. Did I that too? I have read a couple. In of a those, statement, right. in a statement, uh, Boston University called the report false and misleading, and said that though their hybrid version killed eighty percent of the mice tested, the original Why are strain. Why these things? The original strain killed a hundred percent, representing. <laughs> Okay, so hold on. That doesn't make it any better. We made it so, 20% less. No, 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 Listen. <laughs> no, okay, so from what I'm understanding is that this means the original COVID strain killed 100% of mice, right? So COVID's super lethal to mice, and then they made a less lethal version that kills less mice. 
But hey, regular COVID kills 100 percent. That's what I'm understanding here, right? So it says though their hybrid version killed hybrid version of COVID killed 80 percent of mice tested. The original strain killed 100 percent, unless they mean the original strain that they made. I don't, I don't know. So, yeah, because you know, there's nothing like a human body other than mice bodies, right? Yeah, that's right. Same, same. Same, same. Whereas. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> so that's kind of fun. Uh, so we just lit a candle. Uh, that's some news I, that we should okay, throw out there. I, Charlie I, ate some chicken strips. Yeah, okay. If you've ever eaten And if you're it, ever around him, you know what that means. Yeah. If you've ever eaten the chicken tenders It's a new strand. Connor and I are going to yeah, die. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> oh my God. Okay, if you've ever eaten... I, okay, first of all, this is not a complaint about the MLC cafeteria. The MLC cafeteria, in my mind, is phenomenal, especially for a college cafeteria. Sure, yeah. Compared to other college cafeterias... The bang for your buck is phenomenal, and I will never move from my guns on that, at least not under the current conditions. Also, the chicken nuggets are absolutely delicious, and it's hard to stop eating them, but they are impossible to digest, and I ate a lot of them last night, and I just feel like I owe both of you an apology. No, that's all right. On the bright yeah. side, there's no the doors norms. on this room, so yeah. it's a nice little free-flowing space, And but now we've lit a candle, <laughs> so... Anyway, all right, <laughs> Bros yeah. and Bibles, this week we're talking about the Ninth and Tenth Commandments. So, um, this is, again, a shorter, you'd expect with two commandments, Luther just go off for pages mm-hmm. and pages and pages. It's not a short one, but it's also not very long either compared to some of the other ones. Um, and then also, if I, like, if you go through the other commandments, like in your brain, like for me, I could probably give you a little description of what each one is talking about and why it's included and all that. I would have a harder time doing that for the ninth and 10th commandments, I think, than the other ones. Um, and Luther seems to have the same idea because he straight up says um, the seventh commandment addresses outward stealing and the ninth and 10th commandment addresses the heart issues. Um, so what so basically the ninth and 10th commandments are in this list so that we cannot pretend that by our outward actions, we've met all the requirements and therefore we've met the requirements of the law. Um, and so, uh, commandments such as these that talk about specifically what's going on in the heart and the mind combat the idea of, uh, one moral powers, the idea that those who are leading us are leading us because they've been so moral and so good and so just that now they have the God given right to be rulers over us which at outset that sounds strange but you really think about that i mean that's kind of how you get elected in the united states and that is definitely the sentimentality of world leaders around the world even today but especially historically um almost every world leader ever has said i'm in my position because i'm the moral right um, and the ones that don't are really, really bad dudes, generally. <laughs> They're like, yep, I know I'm evil. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? Um, and then also, at the same time, it also combats uh, dishonest acquisitions. So, are you stealing? Technically, I'm not stealing. I'm not taking something that's not rightfully mine, but I am coercing it away from my neighbor, and so that's what's being, that's what's being addressed. Thoughts? At all before we jump into some conversation, anybody place where you guys want to start the conversation here? The beginning. <laughs> that, that's okay. So um, I wanted to talk about this this question here. So he, he obviously pushes in really hard on dishonest dealings and business and that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and that that's almost self-explanatory. We almost I'm not saying we don't need to talk about it. 
Uh, but I think in our particular position, <laughs> the three of us aren't really in a whole lot of positions to do that anyway. Mm. Um, on the other side, though, when you're talking about spouses, um, Luther talked several times in the small portion of the text about situations such as um, a, a man who begins to despise his wife um, essentially alienates her and then divorces her for the way she behaves after he alienates her and then um, starts to either by coercion of the woman or by you know like gossip and things like that then somehow makes another man despise his own wife so that he divorces her and then he gets to go marry her and he can say I didn't steal another man's wife because I'm not the one who broke them up and that's not my fault that my marriage ended but it was his bad be- behavior that caused the um his own marriage to end and then it was his you know gossip and, and lies or coercion that ended the other marriage so that he could marry her um mm-hmm. yeah so one is that really a legitimate concern in our day and age you think and two well okay let's start well, with there no yeah so i'll com- comment on that right away so i think something that just popped into my mind is that it's no longer people's wives because people aren't getting married as immediately or as young as they used to so i think honestly you'll see it more nowadays in the world as dating culture type of thing well and that was where, my follow-up question is is it does the same concept apply to dating culture and see that's what's tough is because i you like you want to say it doesn't right because the whole what dating is is it's not that level of commitment well, as being married. Here, the way most people outside of Christian circles and conservative Christian circles in particular, the way people date, they're biblically married. Right. E- yeah. yeah. They're yeah. living There's together. They're sleeping strong, together. The right. only thing they haven't done is sign a piece of paper that makes it legal, legally binding. Right. No, and that's what I was kind of getting at. Is it's definitely changed to this more. Uh, I guess you could say immoral way of living, but it definitely like of not being married and doing all those things. And then it definitely applies. Here's a slight you know what I mean? diversion from this conversation, but okay. So, and I'm not necessarily criticizing the people that talk this way, but it's always interesting to me when, um, when Christian couples, particularly Christian couples where I'm pretty confident they're not sleeping together talk about like i got cheated on what does, what does that, that mean? mean okay oh my god yeah, 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 yeah. Air yeah. Okay. <laughs> what does that even mean does that mean right. like they were talking to somebody else and if they were yeah. talking to someone like i get why that would end the relationship right because i thought we were like exclusive and you're clearly like getting emotionally intimate with somebody else and i understand why that's hurtful and why it's a problem and why you broke up yeah. i'm not saying that that isn't an issue i'm saying is that really considered cheating and is it on the same plane as like somebody who is like if we if if we were sleeping together or if you guys were sleeping together then that'd be a whole and then they started sleeping with somebody else and the understanding was that you're in a monogamous relationship that's a whole different set Mm. of behaviors Mm -hmm. i think it's hard to apply a biblical standard to dating today because like 
you can't really find a context for what dating it, like dating wasn't even a thing back in like right. biblical times i mean that well courting can, though, can you right? imagine i mean or not even like courting that. yeah I mean, courting it, it would have been like arranged marriages yeah. or and like, that's not to say that you would never have like a young jewish couple be like dad i really want you to for get, sure get for me sure. her you know yeah, yeah but i mean like dating is such a modern idea and it's a it's a convenience that we have because of the world we live in today yeah. i mean the the idea of of trying out different options or something like that or, or meeting new people or you know mm-hmm. you making the decision for yourself is a pretty modern idea so it's it's hard to make a biblical application to dating today because it's such a it's such a different thing so i don't know if we can go directly to the ninth and tenth commandment as like applying to what dating is today you know what i mean mm-hmm. right but i think the point is though well maybe not the point but the question is because stemming from what we originally started with where a man gets his wife to leave him so he can then yeah. get somebody else's wife to leave them like the luther situation yeah. and again i don't know that that was necessarily well I don't but know, that man. definitely a, does happen right but i feel like the majority of people who are behaving that way haven't mm. chosen to get married yeah. in our context yeah like the modern people that would be doing what he describes yeah. and amongst married. our listeners i would even say too right yeah i think for me like when I think of dating today and the idea of cheating on people and stuff like that, I don't know if I, I mean, obviously we, we say when people are sleeping together that you're breaking the sixth commandment, but today if you're dating somebody and you start talking to other people or you're, you start going out with other people while you're supposed to be exclusive with somebody else, then it's more like you're going against Jesus' word where he says simply let your yes be yes and your no be no because if you're going out with somebody, you say, yes, we're going to be exclusive, and you start going around behind that, then you're you're kind of going against what Jesus tells us to do there. Yeah. Yeah. I Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And when you break one commandment, you break them all. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I was going to say, there's t- we can tie into this when we talked about the seventh commandment, too, right? Because that, during that podcast, we differentiated the idea of the lusting actually being the sin, or actually also being a sin. Whereas people don't see the actual lusting, like they separate it. Remember, mm-hmm. I think that's what we were talking about. So here's a question: Would it be a sin to covet your neighbor's girlfriend? Yes. Is it even is coveting even the right word? Well, at that point, regardless of the fact that it's your neighbor's girlfriend, you're probably then committing adultery. Yeah. Right. But you can want to be with somebody and not commit adultery. Yeah, in your brain. I suppose. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I I don't know how I feel. I don't I honestly don't know. It's a provocative question, that's why I asked it. Yeah. I don't really uh, I, know. At first I was like, no. But then I don't know. I think it yeah. depends on your behavior afterwards. I think that's like you can be like, yo, I want to be with a girl like that, or I'm kind of crushing on that girl, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. That's a different category than you shouldn't be crushing on some other dude's wife. Right, for sure. Right. Girlfriend is a different category because they haven't made that commitment, commitment yeah. before God and, and according to the law. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Engagement is a whole different gray area we just shouldn't uh, go yeah. into for the sake of the podcast. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I guess it's, your, it's that coercion where the sin comes in, I think. Mm. 
And then also you want to be careful not, but I also don't want to assert too boldly the lust side of things because then you can kind of say like anybody who you're sexually attracted to, you're lusting after and you're like, yeah, "Yeah, but then also like, I do want to get married and that's part of the reason I want to get married is to enjoy that. Yeah. 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 And I don't want to marry somebody that I'm not attracted to. Mm. So yeah. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. Cause it gets deep. Yeah. It does get deep. So let's just leave it there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's well, very and and I was just gonna kind of do another shift. Then is I don't know. I don't think you often think about coveting the rest of people's stuff. I mean, I've always, I think, like growing up and stuff. I, I'm sure you guys can attest to this too. But uh, this guy, yeah, I know. But uh, you know, having those friends and being like, oh, I really like that guy's whatever. But then it's never, for me, it's never really been like, I need his specifically. I need his 3DS. You know, it's, I'm going to now save money and buy my own. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I kind of wonder how we might apply then what's going on there to a modern standard. I've always thought like keeping up with the Joneses is a good example of what, you know, like if you're, if you're looking at your neighbor's possessions and you say, man, I have to have. Mm what he has because you know that's and, the mm-hmm. you know the when everything happened after world war ii and everyone was like building all these houses and i had to have the newest appliances and all this other stuff mm-hmm. like i i personally think like the idea of keeping up with the joneses is a good example of coveting your neighbor's stuff because you're mm-hmm. looking at what other people have and you're saying god hasn't given me enough so i have to go out and get more there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with having stuff mm-hmm. at all but when it's to the point where it's just a status symbol for you to have the sure. a better car, you know, a when better When I was phone. thinking even going to that extent being like putting yourself in financial distress mm, to yeah. keep up with that. For sure, yeah. And yeah. what does financial distress look like? I mean, if you're mm-hmm. $10,000 in debt on a credit card, is that financial distress? Are you being a, a good steward of the gifts God, God has given you? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a question too. So like uh, this summer as a college student, mm-hmm. right? At 30 years old, I had to put some car repairs and stuff on a credit card. And then it's, it's on payment plan and stuff, and it's <laughs> going to get taken care of. Um, but I, in a, like when I was teaching full-time, it would have been a major sign of poor stewardship to have to put that on a credit card like that in that situation. It would have yeah, meant right. that I hadn't been preparing for a situation like that. In this particular situation, I've been working so hard to pay back debt that – I had kind of drained the reserves in order to pay back as much debt as possible and then, you know, ended up being on a payment plan for a very unexpected expense. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, you can make, still make the argument that wasn't great stewardship, um, but it's far more of a gray area than otherwise. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if you're consistently living beyond your means and that's why you have a, you're building up credit card debt, that's poor stewardship, and right. there's probably some coveting going on. If you're building up credit card debt because of, you know, like an emergency, a medical issue, mm-hmm. you know, a loss of income, whatever it might be, and you're just borrowing against the future, those are two different For things sure. too. Yeah. And how often do we even say covet? You know what I mean? Like that's not a word that's used out of this context like maybe, ever. Maybe we should. Yeah. And bring it back into the norm somehow. Yeah, but I, I think it would lose its meaning if you did. Well, but you could, no, I'm not saying like we should be. Oh man, I'm really coveting your whatever. Like, right. I don't want to say well, that. Right. Like, like don't yeah, just such throw strong... it around in right. folly. But that. But you, we could like, man, I really need it. Like 
I need a new car. You know, do you want a new car? Or are you coveting? Like, do you need a new car? Or are you coveting a new car? Like, right. We have those kinds of conversations. I think like you know? the terminology has changed to saying like I'm jealous of. I'm jealous of his. I'm jealous of her. And for me, like and actually, that's an acknowledgement of the sin already, mm-hmm. just like that. Yeah, I never thought of that before. Well, is covet and lust? Is there a differentiation there? Sex, I think, is the yeah, only difference. Lust has more to do with sex. Yeah. yeah. And well, on Luther's differentiation, I'm not. I don't know if this necessarily is the end all be all, but Luther's differentiation was the doing something about it. Like mm-hmm. the desire, it's the scheming is the coveting. Okay. Mm. So even if you don't actually follow through on a scheme, the fact that you're putting a scheme together, how could I get this for myself? Gotcha. So like um, that dude has a fantastic donkey. And so <laughs> I don't know. What, Keep okay, going. Let's be, oh yeah. That dude, has a, that dude has a great donkey. Yeah. And my donkey sucks. And so I'm going to, you know, somehow get him into a lawsuit where I sue him and the payment is a donkey or something sure. like that. Right. Um, it's even if I don't go through with the sin of actually like scheme, like do it going, following through on the scheme. The fact that I am scheming is already a sin. Mm-hmm. There you go. What do you okay. think of like being covetous of a person's abilities? Cause I find myself like constantly mm. comparing. I, like I don't, different. I think there's a reason that's not listed. You I think, think so. Well, yeah, because, because you can't like go steal Gus's head of hair, right? And, you know, you can't go steal. <sighs> Man, somebody's okay, actually, ability. no. Now that because I'm thinking you're, about you're it, I can, I can imagine with what the Lord's gifted. There you, you go. With. There and you then, go. Like, so I can sit here and look at Charlie and say, Charlie's got all these abilities that I wish I had, and mm-hmm. like it, it just eats me up that I'm constantly comparing myself to Charlie right. and like trying to achieve a. Well, I think you I, know what I mean. Yeah. Well, see, and, now I'm struggling with pride, and so. some that I just yeah. <laughs> see. Well, <laughs> what? So what jumped into my mind right when you were saying that, and the reason my immediate answer was no, was because like whole body image, like yeah, if you see another guy or another gal and they're really fit, yeah. right, like you can't steal that from them, but you can work out, right, and that's not going to be a bad thing for you. Yeah. But again, I think now, like my answer isn't no anymore. I think there's a solid. Again, it's when it starts to become something more than now I'm getting in shape yeah. when you're putting I, yourself again. And I keep going back to financial distress. I don't know why, well, but it's I like, mean, he, that's half the, like, it's, that's the ninth and 10th commandment. Yeah. Half of it is financial and the other half is relational, but it's like now well, you're breaking your say. bank on like supplements and stuff. Yeah. I think we're starting to split hairs a little bit. We all yeah, agree. It's a sure. sin. Yeah. It's just where it, which commandment it fits under. And right. I don't know what other command it would fit. Like it could fit into the murder actually. Yeah. Cause now you're hating someone. Because like, you're learning to despise someone because of their gifts and abilities. Mm, there you like, go. We agree that it's a sin. I yeah. think we're not debating that. I think we're just debating where it falls. Yeah. Mm. No, definitely. I think that might be split. I'm not anyway. saying we shouldn't talk about it. It was just something I, think I thought about when yeah. we, when oh, it's we a good thought. had this as a, a, yeah. as a topic. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. So I think coveting would be something that I can go get and I'm scheming to go get it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I think burdening, con- unnecessarily burdening consciousness is also something we do really well as conservative mm-hmm. Christians. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, Actually, evangelical conservatives, I think you could mm. make that a bigger category. Definitely. Do a really good job of burdening people unnecessarily. All right. Bible trivia today. Here we go. Here, Okay. So I did a better job of finding good questions this time. But the first wow. question, ready, Hebrew nerds? All right. The first question says, what does Yahweh Shema mean? Shema. 
Listen? listen, Lord, listen. Yeah. Well, the answer to the question is God Himself. No, Yo. that's wrong. Yeah. What? Okay, the? but the rest of these, the rest of these. Are. Okay. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Here we go. How many wonders? How many wonders did Elijah perform? Wow. It's a trick question. Zero? <laughs> Ten. A lot. What did we translate last week, bro? I don't remember. Mount Carmel? Oh. It, well, no, he didn't well, no yeah, none of them because oh, it was... So but it was, well, the answer aha. was one so because it was, it was that one. Yeah. I guess it is zero. Yeah. <sighs> Thank you. That was a weird... If anybody's weird. got a really that good a <laughs> source for Bible trivia questions, email it to those, me. I'll tell you what, it's not... Yo, so we have Bible trivia back home, uh, like the board game. a baseball game somewhere, too, but like well, the home run quest, because we can't... I, I may, uh, Well, I was just going to say, the Bible trivia game that we have back home, we tried playing it one time. And we looked up like the scripture sources that were provided on each card, and I like I used so many different translations trying to figure out where they could have gotten their answers for some <laughs> of the stuff. Like I thought it was for sure maybe like a Catholic based game, right. but no, it was like everything was, yeah, it was messed All up. Right. Anyway, question two, you ready? Mm. What happened with the animals which were killed as a sacrifice? So. You give your sacrifice, but there's still pieces of the animal that are left. Because not all the sacrifices right. were whole burnt offerings. So what happened to the leftovers after the sacrifice? Don't you just burn the rest again, <sighs> like separately? Yeah. You take them outside the camp and you burn them. Good call, Gus. I did not know that one. Hmm. I did not know that one. Well, I mean, it's like you can't. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Anyway. Like, Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't even a trivia question. All right. This one says, how many wonders did God perform? Oh yeah, all okay. of them. Um, <laughs> and then it quotes Job as saying they can't be counted. That's yeah, not a trivia question. Hey! Yeah. That's not a trivia because question. We could start from like verse one, <laughs> Genesis one one. Oh man. Okay. Um what kind of spirit you should know this one. What oh, kind of spirit possessed the girl in Philippi? Uh oh, uh a spirit of um vengeance. No, not vengeance. It's <laughs> It's like it's like the ability to tell the future. Like she was, yeah, she, like, like she was an oracle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you know? Do you remember what it was called in Greek? I don't. Bonus points. Uh, a python. Spirit. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And yeah, yeah, yeah. is they named the python later after the Greek word because the python mm -hmm. like slowly wraps you up, right? Mm -hmm. And so, pythos is like convincing someone or persuading someone, and so. The python kind of comes in slowly and convinces mm. you that yeah. it's not a threat, and all of a sudden choking you out, right? Yeah, so oh, that's snap. what the python I feel like is named Greek after. Greek mythology also yeah. has something about one of their gods. Uh, yeah, about that. Yep. Wild. Okay. Um, ooh, here we go. This is a challenging one. Do it. This is a challenging one. What in the New Testament in the Book of Acts? What does Epaphroditus Epaphroditus do? Is an axe? Is there like a chapter verse reference or anything? Uh, we're about to come across them in... 2021. 20, oh, shoot, it's not an axe. I apologize. It happened during the time of the book of Acts, but it's actually written about in Philippians. But it's something that happened on Paul's third journey or after Paul's third journey. What was his name again? Epaph Epaphroditus. I don't think we spell it that way in the normal translations, but... 
He was Paul's delivery boy. He's the one that brought the offering oh. back to Jerusalem. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I told you it was hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that a, a hard that, one. Yeah. All right, last one. Last one. Which thing were the only... These are so poorly written. I'm trying hard to find good Bible trivia, for the record. Okay. Which things were the only things to be taken over from the Old Testament during the Council of Apostles in Jerusalem? So what were the three things that they were like, yo, let's have the Gentile converts observe these laws? This was on our test earlier in the year, Connor. Gosh. Don't don't point at me for that. Uh, Yeah, Mr. I have the answers in front of me. Come on, man. Yeah, wait a minute. Sheesh. Um... Wait, so it's like post-New Testament too, right? Is that what you mean? Like they're no, compiling uh, things, the Bible? No, hold over. So, what, so the, the debate started. They were like, yo, Paul's preaching the gospel to all these non-Jews, all these Gentiles, right. who then aren't observing the Mosaic Law and aren't being circumcised. Right. And then the Jerusalem Council was like, no, they don't have to be circumcised. They don't have to be Jews, but we're going to request that they follow these wasn't three it, commands. Wasn't it like, uh, was this the one that was like, Consuming blood and yep. then okay, so I knew it was like consu- man. Consuming, so consuming blood was one of them. Yeah, was the one. What were the other out. two? The other two are the easy ones. The consuming blood. The hard consuming one. blood was the one that stuck out the most in my okay, head. Okay, think about now. it. You're in Greek cities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do the Greeks do uh, to worship? Oh, two things. What do they do polygamy. to worship? Oh, polygamy. <laughs> yeah, they sleep around. Sleeping around. Like sexual immorality. And what's the other one? Sacrifices of. Stuff. It's not uh, a hard question. What do they would sacrifice? Food. Don't. Yeah. Gender, what grain. specifically? Meat. Yeah. Meat. Right. Okay. So a meat sacrificed to. So don't eat meat sacrificed to idols. Okay. Don't consume blood. And um, and Frederick kept talking about head cheese. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So don't consume too. blood. Yeah. Blood sausage and head cheese. So don't consume blood. Don't eat food that's been sacrificed to idols. Technically, there's nothing wrong with it. Mm-hmm. Um, as a Jew, they would be like, "Yo, like this isn't." You know, or I'm sorry, as a Gentile convert, they'd be like, hey, this isn't a big deal. Those gods aren't real anyway. Let's just eat the, the cheap meat, right? Um, but the Jews were deeply offended by that. Mm. And then the third uh, was sexual immorality. So sexual immorality is kind of an obvious one. Um, but if you think about the context, you're in this weird transitional phase. We have a bunch of people that weren't living by Mosaic law, weren't observing the morals of God, and then are suddenly Christians. Like they've got this phase where they have to kind of transition over to the new this whole yeah. new set of morality. And so saying, look, sexual morality is not how you worship this God. Like the God of all things doesn't need your carnal pleasure to worship himself. Mm. I mean, and the other two things were just so deeply offensive to Jews. It was like this, our entire lives for generations, this has been grossing us out and please don't do this in front of us. <laughs> That's essentially what they're saying. Yeah. Right? So yeah. these are actually, they sound are kind of a little bit arbitrary, but these were the expectations that were laid on Gentile converts in Mosaic law. And so then um, instead of making new Christians completely convert over to Judaism and then practice Christianity on top of it, they're like, yo, you don't have to get circumcised. You don't have to make all the sacrifices. You don't have to make a pilgrimage to Jerusalem and do all the Jewish stuff. We just ask that you do the three things that were required by Mosaic Law of outsiders who were living in in Israel. And they were like, yo, that sounds like a great idea. Actually, when you look at it in the context, it's a great solution to the problem. Sure. Yeah. Huh. Cool to find. All right. Yeah. Top three. Top three things that you've done before and you would definitely do again. Who wants to start? I'll go. Uh, for my first thing, I guess, I was a summer camp counselor for eight years, and <laughs> I would do that over and over again. Like, if I could have made that a job, I would have definitely made that a job. 
Yeah. What was so great about it? It was, I don't know. You're the, even wearing your Camp Clarny shirt I am shirt wearing my right Camp Clarny. Shout out you? to Camp Clarny. Hopefully they're still going. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've lost Ever since you left. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think, like, the fact that the camp was so, like, it didn't have a lot of money coming in, basically. It made it a lot more difficult, and it made it a lot more fun because you had to be very creative with how, <laughs> how you did it. And we had a fantastic uh, camp director, Julie Dostal, and uh, – somehow she made it work like every year we pulled people you know for two months out of the year we would people would sacrifice time and energy and money to be at this summer camp and she had a great saying where she said every kid needs camp so yeah. the the opportunity to experience the outdoors especially in the modern world uh especially with people with cell phones and tv screens and all that stuff and none of that was allowed there and to be around uh, a whole bunch of other kids that are you know, like-minded, getting to go swimming, fishing. You know, we had a guy, uh, Ryan Hatsung. I don't know if you, if that name rings a bell or anything like that. He's from – he went to MLS a number of years ago. But uh, he was our outdoors guy, and he literally would, like, walk barefoot around camp the whole time and, like, sleep out in a hammock for, like, two months and stuff like that. So it was just great. And then at the end of the day – or at the very beginning of the day, we had the opportunity to reach kids who had maybe never had the opportunity to hear the gospel before – with a short little chapel, sometimes provided by uh, local pastors and sometimes done by our own staff or, you know, staff members. So, yeah, it was it was a great little yeah. camp. I think it's easy to, uh, like, diminish some of those camp experiences. Yeah. Um, but you hear about people, like, all the time. You hear about people whose like, core memories and, like, um, big-time influences were around summer camps and mm-hmm. things like that all the time. So it's easy to kind of dismiss it as an adult and be like, oh, summer camp, right? Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, it's just life-changing it for is. a lot of kids. It is. And it happens so early in your life, I think sometimes we kind of dismiss it, but it doesn't change the value of it. Yeah. Cool. Um, my 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 first one is um, buying a tailored suit. I just bought a fitted yeah. suit, which is a wonderful thing. It's a beautiful piece of clothing, and it's awesome. Um, but there's a whole different game when you buy like a suit that's tailored to you. Um, and I definitely can't afford it at the moment. I'm not saying go. <laughs> we're talking about being responsible with our yeah. money, right? Be a good steward. If you can't afford it, you can't afford it. But you will never regret. If you can afford it, you will not regret having just one real good tailored suit. Like, wear it to weddings. Wear it to funerals. Wear it for everything. You like you just look good. Doesn't matter. You don't have to be built right. You don't have to be, whatever. If you've got the right piece of clothing, you can just wear it and it fits and it works for everything. Um, yeah, yeah. I, like I when my my first, second year of teaching, I spent a good chunk of change on a tailored suit and it just served me so well. Yeah, I miss it. Uh, mine. My first one. I'll throw. Uh, have a be going to a, a martial arts gym again oh, i really miss yeah. doing jujitsu like that was so much fun and uh i mean i i wrestled in high school and i don't know uh there's not a lot of <laughs> wrestling clubs for adults i guess so that's why jujitsu was the next best thing and plus in that case you get to learn how to do something that is potential potentially useful in life i mean mm-hmm. you know yeah with different chokes and stuff, but do you do you enjoy jujitsu more or the kickboxing side of things? The jujitsu, yeah. I'm, I'm a grappler. I, I like grappling. Yeah, I I never wrestled. Yeah, I never wrestled, so I mm. enjoyed the kickboxing side sure. more. But then the 
jujitsu was definitely more challenging for me. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of good stuff with boxing. I just don't like sparring. I'm not a big sparring guy. Not huge on the head trauma. I'd rather yeah, get knocked out by getting too. choked or something. Yeah. You know, so. I don't know. Yeah, but anyway. None of those concussions, though, were from MMA. Let me put that oh, out sure. there. Oh, sure. Yeah. All those concussions have been from other, in quotation marks, safer things. And I never got a concussion training or MMA. Yeah. And I did doing just about everything else. So. Yeah. 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 I just, yeah. So yeah. wherever I end up, I hope there's a gym somewhere, yeah. a martial arts gym. Yeah. I don't think I'll be able to afford it at the seminary, but if I can afford it again someday, I would love to get, get a student discount. And maybe not do it like every day, but a couple days right. a week, yeah. three days a week, something like that. Yeah. Instead of doing cardio. So for my second one, I think it would probably be when I was in high school and I took a uh, Project Titus trip to Milwaukee. So, um, like, if you have any opportunity, if you're in high school, if you're in college or something like that, and you can do a daylight trip or you can do any type of ministry trip that allows you to completely pick yourself up out of your normal life and put in a situation that's completely unfamiliar to you and have the opportunity to do a little bit of ministry work, like Project Project Titus when I went to Milwaukee was one of the most eye-opening experiences for me because I realized like the Wells culture I had grown up in was not the standard for the rest of the Wells world and to see how gospel ministry was being done in Milwaukee at St. Marcus was amazing and like I just I just realized that there's so many different ways that you can serve in ministry so i would do that a thousand times over again yeah my ties right in with that just being the minority yeah. like for six years i was the only white dude or one of the only white dudes um and just like being submersed in a culture where i am the minority for a while that was a very very valuable experience and i, I loved it that was awesome uh my second one that i was thinking about so i did ffa growing up uh for those who don't know that's Future Farmers of America. Actually, it, that's not the abbreviation anymore. It's just the letters. <laughs> that was something that changed when I was in high school. So FFA is just FFA because they didn't want to have it be narrow. <laughs> okay. Exclusives to farmers. Just they like didn't want to be Crusades, exclusive. They're like, well, Crusades are offensive, so we're just going to call ourselves crew, and it doesn't stand sure. for anything. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, but in FFA, uh, we did parliamentary procedure was the big competition that we did when I was in high school. Uh, our FFA chapter was huge on it. Like winning state is all this the like time. Debate? I've never heard of this. Before. Yeah. So parliamentary procedure, it's a prop, the proper way to run a meeting. It's ba- we use the Roberts Rules of Order. Oh, I don't okay. know if you've yeah. ever heard of those. Yep. But uh, yeah. So it's like you learn how to like what is the proper way to make an amendment to something or to make a motion of any kind, right? And uh, yeah, just doing that. It's a lot of. It was a lot of fun. And uh, in the competition setting, it was a lot of fun. You know, I'd you imagine there'd get be into a, some vocation where you're like leading a group of people, maybe even like being a spiritual leader for a group of people. And <laughs> you should consider that, Gus. Right? Yeah. All I know is that someday when I'm in a congregation and <laughs> the, be calling meetings the all the president, <laughs> I get to run a meeting. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. Here's what I'll, here's what I'll do. Meetings. Here's what I'll do. I'll like get the book, the Robert's Rules of Order, and I'll make like, well, I won't make them, but whoever the president of the voters is. Or one of the ch- the elders, right, of the church. I'll be like, "Hey, guys, have weekly debriefs." It's like, how did how there's long do you follow the rules? <laughs> I'll be like, "There's not a lot of things that I require at this congregation, but one is this." 
I, I don't know. It'd be kind of fun. Kind I, well, of funny. in my experience, church councils generally do run at least pseudo. <laughs> pseudo formally. Yeah. 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 Alongside yeah. of Robert's Rules Order, which is probably a good thing, too. Yeah. Kind of last one. We got to kind of keep her moving here, but sure. kind of last one. Yeah. So my last one uh, <clears throat> was probably when I served on the council at my church right before mm-hmm. I came back to school here. Um, kind of similar to what you were talking about, Gus. I mean, like to see actual church meetings being run, to see the nuts and bolts of of, of a congregation life, and and what I get to look forward to as a pastor, God willing. Um, so yeah, I think that was very beneficial to me. Um, I realized how to do budgets and stuff like that. Like it sounds boring, but like there are things that you do <laughs> that you know you don't really realize mm-hmm. if you're not inside the the nuts and bolts of of a congregation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot more than just showing up for worship. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Yeah. You got yeah. one last yeah. one? Yeah, my last one is uh, leave everything and start over. Hey! <laughs> yeah, leave everything and start over. It's not easy to do. So you're going to take a call every time you get e- it. <laughs> yeah. It is not easy to do. But, like, yeah, I mean, we brought a little tiny U-Haul and a pickup truck up here for this. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, just dropping everything saying, you know what? This is no longer what I've called to do. I'm going yeah. on to something else. That been tremendously valuable for me and i'm about to do it again leave everything and go start new oh. at the seminary now it's gonna yeah. be nice to have the dudes with me but like moving back into the dorms and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. it's gonna be a huge lifestyle change mm-hmm. and shift and actually i was getting a little sad on like tuesday night no monday night i got almost got a little weepy i cry about everything so yeah. it's not that special but i was getting a little weepy going like yo like uh i'm gonna have to leave new home soon yeah like I, I'm, I'm I was getting weepy thinking about you guys leaving too. Don't get me wrong. I'm excited for this phase of life to be over start my and own move on to the seminary. <laughs> and at the same time, New Orleans has been good to me. And New- I love MLC. I mm-hmm. love MLC. I love the culture. I love the people. Yeah. 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 I think for my last one, I just, I truly love putting on events and uh, getting to like make something happen that people can enjoy. And it's not so much something that I have done and want to do again. It's more so I've had the opportunity to do, and I want to be able to do it in the ministry someday. Because it's like not very many of the things that I've gotten to, I mean, stuff that I'm thinking about is like the film critic club, right? Like getting mm-hmm. to make that come to what become what it is right now. It's been so much fun. I mean, getting to know the professors and make events that students and faculty are able to actually enjoy and gain students something and from both students and faculty is a well, huge piece yeah. yeah like and you're able to do that right so that's what I'm saying. and it's like i don't know i'm just i'm just excited to finally you know well maybe well hopefully prayerfully one day be out there and be able to do that for a congregation you know yeah. be able to make an event where it's like yo you get to come and learn about jesus yeah and also be able to have fun you know it's yeah. a really good one see here's a shout out to you guys i i said like taylor's suit um but otherwise, b- both of you guys, it was all about other people. So shout out to you guys for that, if you notice that. <laughs> well, I hey, you tailored do that suits for everybody because they see Taylor you, right? It's your appearance. It's your appearance. I'm blessing you with the opportunity right. to it's admire the, the way you. I look. Well, yeah. I mean, you were like, yeah, everyone looks good in a tailored suit. <laughs> yeah. Particularly, yeah. Particularly me. me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Um, here we go. This week in church, uh, it's Pentecost 20. Um, and so we went with a psalm this week because it kind of struck me when I was putting this all together. Psalm 139, section A, so that's the first six verses. You have searched me, O Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. Uh, you discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. 
You hem me in behind and before. You lay me your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. And a little note here uh, in verse 4 where it says, You, Lord, that is uh, actually Adonai. Mm. So it's not the Tetragrammaton. Mm. So it's not he's not using the name of God. He's referring to him as, like, my master. Mm. Nice. Yeah, which is That's kind nice. of a, like, it, it's not very often where it's, cooler and almost has more meaning when you don't use the name of God mm-hmm. but in this context I think it actually does like you are you are my master in every way you even know we'll use the name of the Lord all caps I yeah. think that's probably yeah yeah that, so this is not all caps yep. yeah yep. yeah yeah thoughts I really like the end of it where uh, there was a girl I was seeing for a little bit that had a, a poster of the it's too wonderful for me. The idea that everything that God has planned for you sounds like you were mm. too wonderful for her. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the other way around. It was the other way around for sure. Oh please, but, uh, she's missing out. But uh, yeah, I thought that she she explained it to me very well, and uh, yeah, I, I really appreciated that. And so those, those, whenever I see those words pop up, I always I always think of her and, and her explanation. I think there's definitely a mixture of comfort and fear that you can gain from these passages, right? Like, you can find comfort in knowing that God knows you. He knows your needs. He knows what you're doing. He knows, like, the things in your life that make you who you are and how to develop that for you. And in doing so, like, being in his word, you grow in your faith and knowledge that the things that happen to you in your life lord has put there and in some way it's going to bring you to him in the end it's going to bring you to heaven in the end right um and to that same extent though it's also kind of like oh snap like god knows everything about me the sinfulness of myself you know yeah so i didn't even think about the sin um when i was like kind of meditating i I was Mm -hmm. more thinking about the like um I don't know. You you, you mentioned well, but there's a comfort in that. Though. Yeah, there is definitely a com- well, and that's the wonder of it. Is how can yeah. it be both comforting and terrifying at the same right. time? Right, that's the wonder of it. Um, I I was more reflecting on the side of things where it's like I'm really good at telling God that I'm ready for Him to do something. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. All right, right yeah. Lord. Yeah. Thanks for teaching me that lesson. I, I mean, I know that I didn't want it to happen, and I know that it was all you're doing and that you're wiser than I am. But now that we're done with that, hey, here's what I need you to do for me, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, what I need you to do for right, me. Right, <laughs> exactly. And so, th- yeah, the, if you believe these words, it is insanely humbling. Yeah. Um, it'll put you right in your place. And then uh, it's that standing before God with joy and fear and trembling and excitement all at the same time, yeah. right? And saying, all right, Lord, I, I, I don't get it. But I love what you're doing, whatever it is. Well, I mean, looking at verse 3, right? You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. So if you're caught in some kind of struggle, I mean, whether that be a sinful struggle or um, some other kind of earthly struggle. Why do I do what I do? Well, I guess what, yeah, and I guess what I'm getting to is it's like if you're ever thinking, man, like why do I keep doing this over and over again? You don't have to. God does provide different ways. And the fact that he knows, it's like he knows the path that you're going on and you're just not paying attention to the other shoot that he's providing for you to not continue going on that path that you're going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or even just the empathy, empathy yeah. of a father yeah. and a savior who's been through everything that we've experienced mm-hmm. and he understands, like he's, he didn't sin, mm-hmm. but at the same time, 
he does understand the struggles of the human flesh, right? Yeah. And to say, you know, like, look, dude, I, I don't need you to be perfect for me. I don't need you to be, like, I want you to strive to follow my commands and my will and my law, but I don't need you to be perfect. God doesn't need me to figure it out. He doesn't mm-hmm. need me to, he doesn't need me. No. And uh, I think a lot of times we put pressure on ourselves to, like, be good enough for God almost. Yeah. yeah. And as opposed to the Lord just going, like, look, dude, I, I get it. I understand. Um, I understand so much that I gave my own life for yours, so stop trying to figure it out and yeah. just follow me. It's also a comfort for like for people who are feeling the most alone in life, especially like if you feel like you have nobody else around you, maybe you're a single guy or something like that. Like You're not alone, Kyle. Exactly. Like in, in <laughs> verse 2 where it says, you know when I sit and when I rise. Like from the minute your day starts to the minute your day ends, God's with you 100% of the way. Yo, yeah, that just struck a chord with me because that's one of the things that I miss the most and what I look forward to the most in you know a, that kind of a relationship is that like whole, there's just companionship all, all the time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And nobody's can provide that perfect companionship for sure but that idea of like i come home and there's somebody home and i go out and there's somebody to go out with Mm -hmm. and that that idea that's one of the things i most look forward to in in marriage and yeah that's yeah that was good connor well and i was gonna say i think therein lies one of the blessings of the mlc campus that we often take advantage of until we're gone and i know that both of you guys can attest to this but chapel oh you take for granted yeah yeah you know it's like that is such a huge a, a blessing. Huge blessing because yeah. every day, twice a day. Twice a day. <laughs> sometimes three times a day <laughs> on Mondays. Um, you know, you get to reflect on God's love for you. And you don't often know what a blessing that is when you're living in it. And then once you leave MLC. Yes, absolutely. Having that structured worship time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And But well, see, I and that's the thing is when you leave thing. MLC, that doesn't go away. That's like God's still there, yeah. but nobody's curating it for yeah, you right. the way they would it. I'm yeah, so. and so you got to have that active faith, right? You got to seek God out at that point. Mm-hmm. I mean, you should always seek God out, regardless mm-hmm. of where you are. Absolutely. Well, that's I that I mean, so <laughs> I it almost annoys me. Now, granted, I know Scripture says seek God. I'm not saying that, but mm-hmm. the way not the way you just used it. But oh. oftentimes people will be like seek. Well, talk about seeking God almost as doing God a favor, right? Oh, it's like the yeah. Lord's standing with his arms open, saying, right, "Like, yo, yeah. turn around, I'm right here." Yeah. So, the seeking the Lord, seeking His face, is just literally saying, "Oh, hey, hey, buddy, yeah, exactly. here we are." Yeah, yeah. You know, it's by our it's own not, foolishness that yeah, we don't see Him. He's not gone. I need to go find Him. Yeah. He's right here and saying, "Why don't you look for me?" Um, yeah. All right. Gentlemen, thanks for a good podcast today. We're at an hour and twelve minutes. Wow. Look at us go! That's yeah. solid. Everybody made it this long. Congrats, man! Yeah. Um, it, go give to the fundraiser for Pastor Strong's family, and we will uh, talk to you guys next week. It'll be the minute God created you to be. On behalf of all those involved in producing, recording, editing, and distributing this episode. Thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you'd like to contact us with comments, questions, or suggestions, you can reach out to us at any of the links in the description below or on our website. Please consider supporting the work of Gird Up Ministries by donating on Patreon, shopping at our online store, or making a $5 cup of coffee donation at www.girdupministries.com. Those donations help us make more great content just like this for young men just like you. 
Make sure you like, friend, follow, and subscribe to Gird Up and all of our guests on your social media platforms. And consider leaving a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to the Gird Up podcast so that others can find us and be blessed by our content, too. As always, thanks for listening. Now go and be the man that God created you to be. We'll see you next time.